Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We are ready this morning. Today matters. Amen. I title it the Today Matters: The Power of Now, and this is second part of Power Today. And last time I, I, I shared some success secrets as far as not necessarily secrets, but what successful do in their lives to be who they are, be successful. And I, I looked up some more, and this is daily, what successful people do daily. So you, you will find this pattern all the time when it relates to the area of success. Now, a, a wise person looks at that and says, Hmm, I ought to do some of those. A foolish person says, I'll do it my way. And that's why they stay foolish. That's why they stay lack or unsuccessful. You got to look at fruit. What I've seen over the years, and and I've been in church for a while now, is the tendency of, of believers is to listen to people that don't have fruit in their lives. In other words, they listen to people that aren't successful. They listen to people that are broke. They listen to people that are failures. They listen to people that are hurt, offended, in sin. And they'll listen to those people over the people that have fruit, success in their lives in the areas that they need to listen to. So I think we got to, you know, I I believe that love life are wise men and women. Amen. And, And we don't do that here. We look for those that are successful you know, and we want that information from them because we want to become successful. We want to operate in that journey of success. And, and these are daily principles. Wake up early. I knew I, that being the first one, a lot of people already failed. You know, well, if success demands that, forget it. Do a brief, this is probably the hardest for this, this generation, this group of people today. Um, we were on our, uh, a little, it wasn't a vacation, it was a celebration of Pastor Laura and her birthday. And her birthday, her birthdays aren't celebrated for a day, it's usually like a month. But no, that's how we do it at our, in our house. But in, in, this day and age, what I saw is something that's, I mean, I see it all the time, but it just amazes me how, how literally majority of everyone are connected to this digital world. I mean, it's not sometimes, it's constant. Even people on vacation, it's like they can't even have a vacation without it have to be posted. Or having the picture, the light. I'm serious because I watch them take a picture and then run to their, their pages. And I think, you know, how sad that is in the sense that, yeah, these things are awesome. And just the ability to use them for, for communication and letting people know, you know, what's up. You know, what a, what, you know, what a waffle looks like and stuff like that, you know. But it, it's also tremendously sad to see that people can't just enjoy. It's all for promotion. And this is a second thing that successful people do daily. Detox from the digital world. Briefly. Briefly. 
In other words, they know that each day they need to get away from that thing. And I believe that's important for us to understand in here as well. Amen. Because I, I guarantee you, a lot of you, you detox from that for the, for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, you're staring at it for 20, 30 minutes. It's not open yet. It's not open yet. So I believe this is a principle that, you know, is important to see. Start your day with calm music. That's interesting. Have a morning workout routine daily. Eat a healthy breakfast. Meditate. And this is interesting. Keep a daily journal. Practice gratitude. Be thankful. Choose three goals to prioritize daily. That was something new to me, that they look for three things they want to accomplish that day. I thought that was pretty cool. I might use that. I don't know. Be health conscious. In other words, food and lifestyle choices daily. So, so what I'm seeing here is I see a pattern of they're conscious about their life. You guys hear me? They're, so even when they go to the restaurant, it, it's just not, you know, give me whatever. It's they're conscious for a goal, for a purpose. I find that fascinating. They consume motivational content daily. And they surround themselves with optimistic people daily. All these things, except digital world, God talks about in his word. Everything in here. So all these principles are already written by God thousands and thousands of years ago. And, and all of a sudden, the world, don't believe me, this isn't, these principles aren't just available in the sense of only a Christian use them. God created the whole world. For God so loved the world. Jesus came for the world. He didn't come for a Christian. He came for the world so that the world could get back to him the way we should be, according to his plan. Living the way he designed us to be lived, Adam and Eve beginning without sin. And that's pretty powerful, but that's what God wants for us. So when you start seeing principles being used, I guarantee you success, it's tied to God's word. And when you're accomplishing these principles, they're going to do what they do. It's, it's, it's like, again, you can read um, different books on their personal successes, and I guarantee you there's a chapter or a large portion of it talking about giving, giving. That is a biblical principle of God. That's why it works. It's gravity. It's going to work, period. If you use it and avail yourself to it, it benefits you. If you don't, it's going to hurt you. So principles are just the same way. You learn them for the benefit of operating in them. It's, it's not about rules and regulations. It's this is something I need to know. I need to understand it. Amen. And that's what I want us all to do. I want us all to connect with this in the right way. I'll recap real quickly to go over um, what we've already touched on, just so we can get to the, to the, the, the meat of today's message. These are successful life principles that we need to follow, what I just read. But Hebrews 3.13 says, exhort one another daily while it's called today. Remember, we talked about that. We should be every day building someone up. In some way, it doesn't mean you have to consistently do it every minute of the day. It means choose. Choose someone. Communicate those closest to you. Say something that's going to lift them up. It can be the smallest thing. It can be someone just tripped and go, oh, you're right. Hey, you can do this. You're going to whatever. But you're saying something that builds people up. 
Amen? Builds people up. Let's be those type of people. The word is showing us principles, and there's four principle precepts. First, apply the principles. We've got to apply the principles. Number one, apply the principles. You have to always make an effort to start. Everything, um, even down to the position of defeating bad habits, um, even addictions, you've got to make that first start. No first start, no start at all. Amen? Second, principles require practice. Knowing it doesn't mean anything. You've got to do it. It's like Jesus said, you can, you can say you love me, but if you don't do what I say, you don't love me. There's got to be action, action to the principles. Third principle are not rules to follow, just what I said. They're truths to understand. They're not rules to follow, they're truths to understand. Uh, and principles follow you. They're, they're operating right now. So that's, a pro, that's something we need to understand. They work all the time. Number four, principles will apply to you. This is something that you need to get ingrained in your head. You use them or not, it doesn't matter. A principle is going to apply to you. They may think, well, how? Well, it's like I said last time, I, I, I said, here's a principle of having a healthy lifestyle. And then these are, the, these are the principles you need to follow for that healthy lifestyle. Exercise, eat right, so on and so forth. Well, for a unhealthy lifestyle. Don't do these principles. Very simple, right? So in other words, it's working. It's going to do it or not. You're going to get the benefit of it or you're not going to get the benefit of it, but principles are like gravity and you need to understand them, okay? So that's something to, to, to get hold of. There are four understandings about today, the life of today. First, people underestimate the power of today. In other words, they place a low value on today. Um, uh, it's, it's my day off. In other words, it's my veg day. I'm not going to do anything. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying rest is wrong or, or chill, being chill is wrong. What I'm saying is it's not recognize the importance of a day. And it's veg day every day, even at your job. In other words, you're looking at a day as something important for your life. And that's something you have to do. Second is success is determined by your daily agenda. Successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do on occasion, right? We need to do daily things to create success. Third, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. You want to change things in your life, you have to start right now, today. Don't wait for tomorrow. It's so easy to make an excuse. It's simple to make an excuse. When you know you need to start being more health conscious, don't run to Jack in the Box after church service and say, I'll start Monday. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it, it isn't going to work. It will not work for you. Make a decision, you know, bite the bullet, forget the, the Jack in the Box tacos, run home and make something healthy. Amen. They, or stop by the store and buy something and get something healthy for it. Guarantee you it's going to help you in the long run. But it matters today, right? And the fourth thing, you will either focus on preparing or repairing. Preparing takes some time. Repairing takes a lot longer. To fix something, repair something is going to take longer. I'd rather prepare my day. Amen? 
So I'm going to go into some life-changing principles, what we can do on a daily basis. And we, we talked about this. Talk to yourself daily. This is something that does not require practice because you do it. Everybody does this. On planet Earth, everybody's communicating to themselves. Majority of the communication is negative. So we need to change that, right? Right? And don't, don't give me this, I'm just being real attitude. Okay? At that, I said I'm stupid because that was a stupid decision. And so you fight for the right to stay dumb. I'm, it, it's amazing what people do. I remember the first time in, in ministry, and this was in youth ministry, the first time I did a message on words. And I had not only the whole teens complaining, but leadership fighting it and saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to say this, and it's really going to, and literally do everything to combat what God's word said. And I was taken back. I was like going, how could you not, how can, why can't you see what I'm seeing? And I realized that that was brand new to them. And it was really new to me in the sense of this is, you know, I was, I was young in teaching that words have life and death. There's power in the tongue. And the first time I did that, it's just like people were freaking out. And almost like most people do, they become like, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I'm going to die. I didn't die. You know, stupid stuff. But this was what religious people do. They all, this is what the Pharisees and Sadducees would do. And Christians, they, they get off on this kind of attitude. Instead of looking at it and going, wow, I didn't see it written this way in the word. So the next time I came back, because I was a youth pastor, I went and bought a cow tongue. The biggest cow tongue that I could find. You know, how you can buy cow tongue and make tacos out of it anyway. But a big one. And so I hid it. It, it, behind this, the, the, a box that I was using in youth, in youth ministry, hid it in there. And so I went round two, fight. You know, I'm video game. We're going to do it again. So I'm thinking back, I'm coming back at them in a different way. So I went again in scripture and I was talking about things and I started using, uh, you know, just different analogies. And so ultimately I go, you know what? When, the, when it's about the tongue, we see our tongue just normally. We see communication normally. But what would it be like in the spirit realm? Because when we look at the words, and I was reading over the negative parts of evil speech and, and language, and I was showing them in Scripture. And I said, what must that look like in the spirit realm? And I go, you know what these say? Then I got behind this, and I go, I don't know, but it's, it can't be pretty because you got God's word and you got what God says, and you're speaking life. That's got to look like something awesome, beautiful. But what would it look? And I'm getting real deep, and people are like going, what would it look like? And I go, I don't know, but it, maybe it would look like this. And I went, ah, and that screaming went off. And this, Because ah, all they seen was this big old cow tongue slap me on the head and hanging there. And I went up to each one. It probably looked like this. You speaking all nasty and evil and it's wiggling around. The girls are screaming. Boys are screaming. But it was interesting how you know, everything started changing. 
And people start realizing, you know what? That's ugly looking. I don't want my words to look like that. I should have had it today. That would have been awesome. I'll do it next week. (laughs) We want to talk to ourselves daily, and the key to our success lies in consistency. In other words, we got to be consistent in what we're saying to ourselves. I'm I'm telling you right now, if you're hearing this as as, um, something where, how can I do this? you're, You're doing it now on a consistent basis. I just need you to change your process of thinking. Uh, when I teach faith, I teach faith in most unconventional way that I've ever heard in any church, any ministry that I've listened to on faith. And that is, I start off with, you are the, the, you are the strongest, most powerful faith people right now in action and operation. That's how I start faith in, with everybody. You might not know faith. You might look at yourself and go, I don't have any faith or whatever. But I make it very clear, you guys are great at faith. It's the problem is you're speaking the reciprocal. You're the opposite of what God wants, but you are doing exactly what faith is. You believe it, you speak it, you see it, and it's all in the negative. And you do a great job on it because you get results. And when I teach faith, I lay that out at the very beginning so people can realize that, wait a minute, I can do this. Even though it's negative, even though it's ugly, See, if I go straight out on a faith message without revealing that, people will convince themselves this is impossible. I can't do it. I'm telling you, again, doing this for a long time now. And what I've come to realize is if we can see that, hey, this is something we can do, even though it's been wrong, then if I can just change the wording, I'm still operating in the high level that I'm operating right now, even though it's negative. People, if you have fear, anger, any issues you're dealing with, guarantee you have great faith in those things. You don't want it, but they're in operation because of what you believe and what you speak and what you see. That's why they're in operation. Change it. Change how you see yourself. Change how you speak to yourself. It's so easy to copycat or parrot someone else's negative words toward you. It's time to stop. It's time to recognize your responsibility to speak what God's word says. I I, I say that because a lot of times it's hard for us to see good in us. So what should we do? We should look to who is speaking good over us. And what level of authority or, or um, position of, of value does this person have? And all of a sudden, I start looking up and up and up, and there's God. No one goes above him. So I think I'd rather hear what he has to say than what you think. Right? I'd rather hear him say what he says. You know, we have a wonderful working God. I know that's, a, that's an awesome song that gets excited, but that wonderful work we're singing about was done on the cross. It, that's when it happened. 
So when we see cancer healed, when we see things healed, when, I, when I've heard, had my, my, my eardrum busted out and the doctor said, the special said, you are only going to probably hear maybe 5, 10% out of that ear. Well, I had to believe God for something. Either I had to believe him to do something that he already did and keep believing that someday it'll happen, or I had to believe that he did do it and accept what already belonged to me because he's a wonderful, he's a, he's a miracle working God. And guess what? I received, I received what he gave me. And it's been that way for years. And that's what we want you to understand too, because what you're doing, if you don't believe this way, what you're doing is you're laying your hands in mercy, not in the sense of God's mercy, but I hope one day God will do something. He already did it. You just have to receive it. That's the battle. People want to know, people want the truth, but they don't want to hear the truth when it comes to God's word. Remember the scripture says, fight the good fight of what? Of faith. Well, what do you mean there's a fight in faith? Because there's, what is faith? What's the word faith? What does it mean? Believe, right. Peace this. Believe. Faith is believe, right? Believe. Well, there's, we have battle in belief. And the natural belief is all our senses. The natural belief is the Mayo Clinic top fertility specialist telling Daniel, you'll never have kids. Now, what am I going to do? Now, see, you, people can look at that and go, oh, okay, but this is bigger. This is as big as cancer, people. This is the biggest some disease that's untreatable. You're looking at whatever you want to look at, but I'm telling you, that is exactly as bad as anything can be. You can believe it or not. So I'm gonna, what, am I going to receive that? But it's the, the top of the top saying, ain't going to happen. Well, who's going to fix that? So I got to sit there and go, well, hopefully one God, God one day will like me enough. God one day will love me enough. God one day will be, see me worthy enough. God will one day hear enough prayers, enough crying, and, and then God then will move. Your doctrine is very, very, very wrong. It, it isn't even scripture. Or I believe. There's the fight of faith. I got a doctor man saying no. I got a doctor saying no. So what am I going to do? I'm going to succumb to it. I'm going to do, what am I going to do? I don't even have a pill to help. A lot of you are going to go to the doctor and they're going to give you some pills. He didn't even give me a pill. No, I promise you, you go to your doctor, guarantee they're going to give you some pill. No matter what you're dealing with, you're going to get some pill. He wouldn't even give me a pill. I'm going home without, no, I can't even go to Walgreens to get my pill. I had to believe a different pill. We had to write a new prescription. Amen. There's the fight of faith. Well, then it happened. There's a fight of faith. It took years. But guess what? I got two boys. Boy, two boys. And an impossibility becoming what? Possible. 
all things are possible to those who believe. Remember the, the, the last week I said about the warfare of the father that's going, yeah, I believe, but God, I mean, Jesus helped my unbelief. And there's the battle because the two are there. You, we just need to rise belief above the unbelief. Don't feed your unbelief. I, I, if, if you feed your unbelief, I guarantee you're listening to the world. You're listening to the dog. You're listening to people that can't heal you. They, they, they can't. And what's sad is, and this is what I've heard. I've heard this many, many times over the years. Doctors going, well, I don't know what it is. But if you take this, <laughs> wait a minute. Did you not say you don't know what it is? Yeah, but better hit and miss, you know, who knows? Maybe this will work. If not, we'll give you the green pill. I, it's crazy, is it not, people? Come on. Now, thank God for doctors. You know, I'm not, I have no problem with doctors. I have no problem if you go to a doctor. I have no problem with any of that. I have a problem if you disconnect from faith. I have a problem if you get out of faith. I have a problem that I understand. Listen, even the scripture says, is there any sick among you? Now, among who? The, the one that have a covenant of healing. In other words, even God knows there's a time when this battle is a too, little too tough for you. This battle is a little, the, the belief part is, is having difficulty of unbelief. It's a little rough. It's a tough situation. This is not something easy. And then the Bible says, well, if there's any sick among you, let them call forth. And it's a position of faith, of your faith to them. Not, don't worry about it. The pastor runs around and chases everybody who's sick. That's religion. I don't operate religion. I know it's offended people over the years, but I don't care less. You're not going to call forth. I ain't coming forth. If faith ain't an operation, I'm not your religious pastor. If you got a problem, find one. There's many of them out there, but I'm not going to be that one. I won't be it. I operate in love and love does not operate in religion. I know that goes against contrary to what your, your biblical picture of a pastor is, which is a lie. Because if you look at the scripture, you'll see what I'm talking about, but I'm not that one. I want you healed. Period period. But I'm going to do it his way. Let him call forth the elder church. He'll pray the point. He'll know it. He'll pray the prayer of faith and you'll be healed. Now that's all I'm believing. I won't believe anything other than that. Now, if you walk away and then the battle changes or your mind goes, well, I didn't feel anything, whatever. That's not my part. There's no one ever that comes up here, and if I pray for you, is going to get me to pray a prayer of unbelief. Never in my life. I will believe God for total and complete healing. I don't care how bad it looks. Why? Because I'm just a conduit of a power that dwells in me. That's it. I'm a conduit. That power is from God that was given to me because of what Jesus did on the cross. Just as you have. That wonder-working God is in you. Amen. 
But there is that part in scripture that says, call forth the elder, call forth the pastor. Why is that important? Well, because what it is, it's engaging you into a place of, well, I need help, but I ain't asking this guy down the row. <laughs> I know him too well. I ain't asking my wife. I ain't asking my I ain't asking, you know, Annie Bertha or whatever. I don't want to ask them. I want to ask someone that I believe. But I believe. Amen. I believe. I'm not going to look at you as, and say, well, you should believe. Though you should. I'm not going to look at you and say, why can't you? You've been here long enough. I won't do that. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is if your faith is at the place where you need that extra in the area of faith and belief and prayer, then so be it. I have a problem with that. There's only one thing I have a problem with, and that is sickness and disease. Steal, kill, and destroy, that's a devil. That's not God. I want us all walking in health, amen? Amen. But I want you to believe, amen? I want you to believe. Are you guys getting this? So Psalms 103.1 says, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. That is something that David did consistently and what we need to do all the time. We need to speak words. And it says after this, continuing on, it says, and don't forget his benefits. Why would God put that in there if there were no benefits? There are, there's tons of benefits to you in God's word. You just got to find out where they're at. Get hold of those benefits and speak them. Speak them, amen? And that's so important to do. <clears throat> the next thing, learn Bible truths daily. That's a process of meditation. You need to meditate on God's truth to you. God's word to you. What is it that you're battling? What is it that you need? Where is it that you're weak in? Those are the words, those are the, the scriptures that you should be meditating on. What is it that you're dealing with in a personal level and your issues of life and how you're communicating? How, maybe it's anger, maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's selfishness. There are scriptures that touch anything that you're dealing with, anything. And the key is for you to get hold of those things and start meditating who you are. Who you are. And whatever it is you're dealing with, if it's an addiction, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is you're dealing with, you're communicating who you are. You're not talking about the negative. You're talking about what the Word of God says about you. See, the, the change in how you see yourself gives you the quickest and fastest victory over these other things. So you can, you can pray about, give me strength to overcome this and give me this to deal with this and let me have more strength and, and, and ability to say no. And I'm telling you, you can talk about all that and it comes, the, the fine print gets really big. I used to do this in youth ministry. I'd say, yeah, I do, I do youth ministry different than you, other youth pastors. And I'd do this at conferences and they'd line up wanting to talk to me, pastors. Because they would talk about say no to sex and they'd have youth camps and youth groups and have sex happening all over Christian camps. I'd have one and not have one issue ever. 
I remember the first issue when God brought me back here. Larry can even remember this. Um, when I started youth pastoring, their last camp, they stopped doing camps because guys were going in girls' tents. So I told them, we're going to have a camp this year. And the pastor came to me and said, oh, no, that's not a good idea with these teens. I go, no, they haven't had me. I'm new here. I had to tell them that. I'm new here. I don't do things that way. And when I had our camp, there none of that stuff. None of it happened. Why? Because I didn't talk about the do's and don'ts of, of just say no to drugs. Just say no to this. I talked about value. I talked about who you are to God and how you should see yourself. I had girls seeing themselves as untouchable when camp was over with. But see, before that, they didn't see themselves. When you see yourself as garbage, you treat yourself as garbage. I won't go any further than that. I don't need to. It's a fact. Amen. But when you speak value, when you tell people how awesome they are and how God sees them and how they have a purpose and a plan and a destiny, you see these young people, they rise up in their seats, they lean forward, and it's something they don't hear, especially in their homes. And they hear something that's totally opposite of what the world will share with them. It works. It works. You build value in yourself in who you are. You start saying, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm too valuable. No, I don't want to act that way anymore. I'm too valuable. Amen. Things will change. But again, it's up to you to see it here. It's up to you to believe it. It's his word, not mine. That makes it a little easier. Amen. I'm not trying to convince you that their word, your, per, you know, your, your word is true. His word is true. Listen, there's a lot of well-meaning people with good hearts that can say wrong things. That's true. Amen? Amen? Yeah. All right. So meditation is very important. Here's the keys of meditation. You choose what to meditate about. Now, you might be thinking, well, duh, no kidding. The problem is, is we assume we're just supposed to meditate. But here it says in Psalm 63, 6, David says, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. I do that every night. I've been doing it for years, many, many years. Every single night before I go to bed, I meditate on God every night. There's a night I haven't. Every night I meditate about God on my bed. Every night. Every single night. If I'm on vacation, it doesn't matter. My mind, I will start meditating on God. It works, amen? Psalms 119.78. This is very, very powerful psalm. Let the proud be ashamed. Watch this. For they treated me wrongfully with falsehood. Now look at this. Let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood. So he's saying something negative, right? Something really bad, difficult is happening in his life. Now that's so cool because what I need you to see is, is meditation does not require the day to be perfect. 
Here he is in a position where he's going, man, they're ripping on me. They're lying about me. This is not fair. All this is going on. Now watch this, watch this. But, everybody say but. Say it louder. But I will meditate on your word. No matter what they say, no matter how they say it to me, no matter how many lies they speak about me, I will meditate on your word. That's what David said. They be lying all the time, but I'm going to meditate on your word. No matter what's going on in your life, you can't throw a fit and bow down to them because you're empowering them over you. Don't allow it to happen anymore. You say, but I will meditate on your word. Amen. I'm going to meditate on your word, not on those fools. Meditate on your word. Philippians 4.8. This is an awesome, awesome scripture. Finally, my brothers and sisters, this will get you, I mean, boom, if you pay attention to it. Because this, in truth form, in instruction form, is telling you, you are in control. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. It's literally telling you, you are in control to think about right or wrong. I'm sharing with you, this scripture saying, I'm sharing you, Meditate on these ones. Whatever. It might be a little whatever, but it doesn't matter. It's a whatever. Whatever's lovely. Whatever's a good report. Are you guys hearing this? Whatever's praiseworthy, I promise you. I vow to you. You start doing this, your life will change. It's going to change. Guarantee it. You start operating in Philippians 4.8. Guarantee it. You're going to see change in your life. Take me up on it. I won't be proven wrong. Meditate on this stuff and it'll change your life. The second thing in meditation keys, God's word must be priority in meditation. It's easy. Now, I meditate on, on different things. In the position of understanding meditation, the power of it, I use it. I use it for work. I use it for, for things that I want to accomplish. I, I use it for... Uh, future goals, I, I meditate. Meditation, again, is this, it's a process of your getting the, 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 the information, the wisdom necessary for whatever it is that you're looking at in your life and you're speaking it, speaking it out. You're thinking and speaking it out. And scripture in the Hebrew, it's literally your... Ah, just do it. No, we're going to do it. That's literally a picture of meditation. But it's a negative, is it not? God, what an idiot. You shouldn't you should do that. Stupid, 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 stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Believe it, that's a picture of meditation. And then you're looking at your life and going, why am I so stupid? You need to change your meditation, bud. Amen? Or whoever. So it says, God's word should be, Psalms 119.15, I will meditate on your word, your precepts. I will contemplate on your ways. I will delight myself in your word. 
I will not forget your word. So this whole thing is, is your word's going to be the key in what I'm going to allow myself to think about on a consistent basis. Listen, don't become religious in ideology. This does not mean, and I'm telling you, I'm helping you. It does not mean memorizing scripture and speaking that memorized scripture over and over again, you're going to have change. I have seen this hundreds of times in people's lives that never have change. And they got tons, tons of memorized scripture. And they're crazy people, most of them. Not kidding you. It's ridiculous. Why? Because that isn't even biblical in the sense of produces change. Nowhere does it say that. But what does produce change is hearing and believing. See, there's no magic in this scripture. It's the belief that empowers you. If you want to memorize scripture, that's fine. Memorize scripture. But understand that memorized scripture doesn't do anything. It gives you knowledge, but that doesn't give you wisdom. It's the action, the applying it. So what you have to do is you have to take it to a different level than page written to person written. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Page written. By what Jesus did on the cross, his stripes, I, Daniel, am healed. I'm healed because, and I'm telling, I'm, I'm preaching scripture. I'm healed because of what Jesus took on the cross for me. By his stripes, I am healed. This belongs to me. That's that memorized scripture putting to work correctly. It becomes personal, not a magical wand. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. By the stripes of Jesus, by the stripes of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. By the stripes of Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Make it personal. Make it personal. I learned this years ago without knowing. Knowing, I learned a major principle of, you know, of, of being a successful believer. And that is, as I started early on reading this in a personal way. I put my name in there all the time. When I read scripture, I put myself in the scripture. I, when it was speaking to someone, I let God speak it to me. I was doing this early in my life. And I'm telling you, it, it'll impact you in your own walk, your own understanding of God's love for you, his destiny for you, his plan for you, his purpose for you. Even in all your imperfectness, it'll hold you strong. Amen. Joshua 1.8 says this, and this is God literally speaking not only to Joshua, but the whole generation that, that, that lost out at the beginning because their parents would not believe. So now these kids that, that have grown up in the wilderness, when they could have grown up in the promised land, now are being taken in by Joshua that saw both. Joshua was in Egypt when, when Israel was all slaves, Joshua was delivered by God with all of Israel. Joshua did stay in the wilderness like all Israel. And as these Israelites were having babies in the wilderness, and as these kids were growing up in the wilderness, the parents all die off. And now Joshua has this group that was born in the wilderness. This is their life, wilderness. But in the wilderness, God was providing taking care of them, meeting their need, not multiplication, 
not having abundance, just the bare minimum, which most Christians live. Why? Because they didn't believe the promises. So Joshua is told by God, which will be relayed to the rest of the group going into the promised land. He says this, do not let the word of God depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. So that, everybody say so that. Here's the key. So that you may be careful to do what the word is showing you, what the word is telling you. Meditate on, the, on God's word day and night so that you'll be careful to, to, to remember. This is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm meditating about it. Then watch what happens. This is what happens. Then, everybody say then. then. See, it said so that, and now comes then. I like then. I like the then part. Why? Because that's, that's like the gravy on the potatoes. You can throw down some potatoes and they smell good and they're looking good. But man, until gravy hits it, once gravy hits it, it's like, boom, Thanksgiving's here. There it is. That's it. And the gravy slops off and it moves over on the turkey. And you're like going, come on, somebody. Bring November here. Do you see what I'm saying? And so this is the key we got to look at. Pay attention to the scripture. God tells Joshua and the group, you are now moving into your covenant. This is where I've always wanted you. I wanted to take you out of Egypt and boom, put you right into the promised land. I don't want you moving around the wilderness. Uh, let me finish. I don't want you just getting fed by me daily. What are you settling for? What are you settling for? I can guarantee you, religious talk is all about God meeting your daily need. Don't you believe for excess? Don't believe for more? Don't believe for the best? Wow, you know what? You don't talk like the Bible. You don't. You don't talk like the Bible. You talk like religion. You talk like man's opinion. But you don't talk like the Bible. That was the wilderness, dude. Do that. That's the wilderness. I'm supposed to accept and live in the wilderness? No. God said, that's not where I want you. I don't want you there. I don't want you there. Most Christians are like, why not? Cloud by day, fire by night, manna in the morning, clothes are good. Hey, I shouldn't want more. You know what? It sounds good, but it's not the Bible. Start believing the Bible and your life will change. There's a whole lot of people that have eternal life and that's it. They didn't get nothing more because they don't believe in the covenant. They don't believe in the promises of God that are yes and amen. amen. They just believe the religious concept of what Christianity is about. I'm going to look at the book, Old Testament and New and I've determined that God desires passionately for me to walk in that promised land, that land of health, wealth, prosperity, wholeness, healing, deliverance. He wants me to walk in there, and he wants me to walk in boldly, but he says this. Hey, make sure you remember the word. Remember the word, process the word, 
obey the word, because there are parts in the word you're going, God, provide, take care of this, take care of this. And, and, and we're getting awful hungry. And he's going, well, if you got a job, you wouldn't have to pray this prayer. That's what the word says. If a person don't work, they don't eat. But we don't, we become religious about that. And God's like going, you want me to answer prayer when you could get a job and make some money and it would be better. But see, that's a problem. We don't want to see those ones. Are you guys hearing me? All right. So he told Joshua, so then be careful to do what the word says. Then by remembering the word, you will be prosperous and very successful. You'll be prosperous and very successful. How many want that in their lives? All right. Can you pick things in your life that you want to see prosperous and successful? It doesn't have to be a new car. It could be a husband, a wife, or children becoming prosperous and very successful, right? It can be a relationship becoming prosperous and very successful. Are you guys listening to me? Do not limit God. What is it? Is it, the, is it your mouth, the dentist? What is it? Get that word working in you, amen? Get the word working in you. What is it you need issues dealt with? Get the word working in you. This is the word of God. It's already mine. It belongs to me. And I'm going to walk as it belongs to me. It's a fight of faith. Remember, fight of belief. Fight the good fight of belief. It says, do not stop the good confession. Why? Because you can. You can. God's word says I can have kids. How come I have kids? There's the bad confession. The good confession is, is, doesn't matter. I have kids. Year one. Year two, I have kids. Year three, I have kids. Year four, I have kids. When's it going to happen, Pastor? It already did. But see, I'm not here to abide by what you see or feel or think. I'm here to believe God. Period. I'm here to believe God. And you better quit concerning yourself about whatever people think. In this day and age, everybody's Google everything. And they want to give you their opinions on everything. Like I said, good hearts, most people, I mean, they're not going, coming in to try to, you know, hurt or anything, but whatever. If I'm in a battle, in a fight, I need ammunition for my weapon, not what you have. All right? Just saying. God's word has to be the priority. All right, next process of having a life change daily, laugh daily. Everybody say laugh daily. <laughs> that, I mean, please. Think about your days and how many times do you laugh in it? Now, a lot of times that can be very minimal, right? I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that you're gonna have to change that. You're gonna have to ratchet that up. You're going to have to start laughing more because it will, I promise you, I promise you, because of scripture and because of medical science, by the way, when the Bible says laughter is good as medicine, it, it's a God law. And medicine has already backed up. Everybody say backed up. What God said. It's not proven. It's backed up. It's, it's been proven since God wrote it. But what God said is that body will 
abide by what you feel or think. And if you start laughing, that's not a negative, that's a positive. <laughs> you just start laughing. You might think, no, I got to hear something. No, if you, you think your mind's going, that's fake. That's fake. It, it doesn't work that way. Your mind believes you. Your body believes you, what your mind says. These are elementary beliefs that psychologists and psychiatrists have already found out. I can sit here and talk about a lemon. I can go through the whole process of a lemon, an imaginary lemon. I can say, feel the lemon, feel the bumps on the lemon. It's a juicy lemon, and we're going to open the lemon. And I can go through this whole process with people and tearing it open and the drip and, and running down. I say, now bite the lemon. I swear this is going to happen. Maybe not right now, but if I wanted to, it would, that people would go, and there ain't no lemon. There is no lemon, but I guarantee your body. If you ever watch a sports game and someone break a leg or break an arm and you go, ah. anybody? I have because I've broken things in sports and I'll watch someone do that and my leg will go, ah, I feel that. How do you feel that? It's TV. I'm telling you, your mind is powerful, but if it can work on the negative, positive. I'm healed because I believe it. I'm restored because I believe it. It doesn't mean automatically right away it's going to happen. Your body believes you. What are you talking to your body about? I'm just asking, okay? I'm just, I'm, that's it. I'm asking you. That, for you to answer is up to you. I'm sharing with you what the Word of God says, not my opinion, I'm sharing what God's word says. What are you going to believe? What are you going to believe? Please hear me. Please, please hear me. Don't look at this as some religious mumbo jumbo. Do you understand? You're doing this now. You just don't see it as Bible stuff because we're in church. But you do this right now. You're believing, you're meditating, you're speaking. You're doing it now. Everybody in here, you're doing it now. Don't try to wrap this up in some religious knowledge. This is life knowledge. If you don't get that, you don't understand love life. This ain't a religious duty that, we're, that, that we do. That's duty, real duty. You know, the negative number two type duty. Whatever, I don't know if you understood that or not. Somebody, it took a little while to catch on. Laugh daily. Hebrews 1.9 says this, you have loved righteousness. This is a father speaking to a son. You have loved righteousness and hated, the father speaking to the son. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set above you your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy anointing you with the oil of joy. What does that say to you? See, I believe that, have you ever had oil in your hand or pour oil on something? It gets over everything. Even in mechanics, you know, you get oil on something, it'll get into the grooves, won't it? See, oil's, it's gonna move. It's gonna get into places you can't reach. 
I believe that's exactly what God's saying. He's saying, man, when you get that, that oil of joy moving in your life, it's going to get in those cranky areas, right? It's going to get those squeaky areas of attitude in your life. And you start getting that stuff going and then all of a sudden where it used to be, now all of a sudden it's going to go, hey, life's good. Life's good. It's going to go away. I'm just saying, amen. It'll get into rough and rugged, amen. It'll get into rough and rugged. Hebrews 12, 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us do what? Fix our eyes on Jesus. That, if you look in the Greek language, it literally is, is it, there's defining of, of double vision and being double-minded, which James says you become unstable in every area of your life which is very, very powerful verse. And people don't like to hear that. But being double-minded is something that can really screw your life up. You, you, you are to bring single-mindedness into whatever area you're dealing with in life. Everybody say in life. We're not talking about church, Christianity. We're talking about life. You got to bring your focus on single vision. What is it that you need fix, uh, what is it they need healed, restore, whole, whatever it is, fill in the blank. You got to bring single vision on it if you want success in it. Double vision is always going to screw you. It's actually a simple way to jump out of the boat. Jump out. I'm done. That's why when we, we communicate to people concerning marriage, we let them know right off the bat, Divorce cannot be in your language. Period. If you're going to get married, divorce word cannot be used. You cannot use the word divorce ever. And we have you sign a contract saying we're going to take your house, your kids. <laughs> we'll make sure this is going to work. <laughs> I should. That should be. I should draw. I should draw this contract that says we get your firstborn unless we don't want them, <laughs> and just go down a list, you know, a social security number, bank account numbers, savings, stock, everything, every, just a whole list and say, use the word divorce one time, we get it all. And on the bottom, P.S., by the way, we're praying for you to say divorce. No, no, but do you see what I'm saying? I mean, because we're looking at marriage in a different way. We're not looking at, well, it's 50-50. Why? That's statistics. Hope you make it. No, we're saying, no, nope, this is what you need to do. Why? Because we believe words are seeds. And you use it once, a seed's planted. It's, it's hard. You, you can, listen, if you've said it, I'm, I'm going to give you some hope. Because I'm sure many of you have said it more than once. Maybe a whole bag of seeds. But it doesn't matter. This, we're talking about the kingdom now. We're talking about God, how God does things. You can take today and curse those words and speak life from this point on. Amen? Doesn't, it doesn't mean that harvest is going to be simple and easy, but I'm going to tell you right now, it'll be a good harvest one point. It says, be good. Continue to do good for in due season. All right? Y'all with me on that? Okay, so it's been, if it's been spoken, it's a, then fix it. Okay, fix it. But I'm just telling you what we do at the beginning. We say, we lay down this and say, this is what, don't say this. Say everything but that. I'm going to leave you forever. 
<laughs> no, you can't do that. Don't be that one, all right? Pastor just said divorce. Don't be that person, okay? Amen? Amen. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter. Everybody say author and perfecter. This is really powerful. What that means is, is Jesus, and when it says perfecter, it literally means he, he completes what he starts. You, Jesus is a part of your life, by the way. The moment you call, once you say, Jesus, you're my Lord, I believe in you. He becomes the beginning of your faith, and he's going to help you complete this. He'll, he'll, this perfection of it, first and foremost, it's already the best. There's nothing better than that. But what he's wanting is to see the, complete, the completed work of that perfect faith in you. In every area of your life. That's why I'm so, you can be so comforted and, and strengthened by knowing that, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not doing this alone. When I'm, when I'm speaking faith, when I'm believing God for kids, when I'm believing God for healing, my Jesus is, is, is there going, good belief, good faith. That's it, good, good. You're speaking right. This is yours. And so it says he is the, com he's the completion, the fulfillment. This word, it's teleatos, and it literally means to actual accomplishment of the end in view. That's pretty powerful. So when we're speaking faith, God's wanting us to see the end result, but not in a distance, a completed work. Ooh, that's pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. And it continues, author and perfecter of our faith, which is belief, right? Author and perfecter of our belief. Who for the joy, Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross? Who for the joy set before him endured the cross? Y'all know the cross, right? Everybody watch the passion, right? I mean, so you've got Jesus going to the cross, innocent, getting beat, getting destroyed in his body, physically being torn to pieces, and then on that cross, not even looking like a human being. If we're looking at scripture, we're not looking at a skinny little Jesus like this. You're not even looking at, you know, the, the passion of Christ picture. We see the picture of Jesus biblically. You're turning away in gross. This is disgusting. You're, you're looking at a lump of flesh. According to scripture, you're looking at it. It's barely recognizable as a human being. Think about putting that movie on. That would be difficult, wouldn't it? Yeah, very. How do you, how do you handle that? See, we look at our lives and man, we're like going, there's so many things, tough things and rough things. And I don't deny it. But y'all know it ain't like what Jesus went through. There's no way in the world you could say that. It, there's, there's not even, you don't have even a close percentage. Whatever it is you're dealing with is nothing what Jesus had to endure. That word endure in the Greek language literally means the ability to hold up as a champion courageously. What gave him that ability? The joy set before him. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're that joy. Difficult, isn't it? 
No, I mean, think about it. You? I don't know, if, I'm, if I'm, I'm going to that cross and I'd look down in the future and see you, I'm like going, I ain't gonna work. <laughs> I, can't, I can't die for that. But think about it. See, the joy was Jesus knowing what? The word, people. He quoted the word. You will not leave my soul in hell. I will be raised up. I'll be seated. But what was all that for? Just so Jesus could go through hell on earth? To go do three and a half years? I mean, his whole life and then ministry for three and a half years just to be able to get sit, be, sit next to the Father? He was with the Father already. He is God. Are you kidding me? All that was for you. Every one of you. Us. All of us. And that empowered him. So yeah, he did see you and went, I can handle it. I can handle it. Skin being ripped off of his muscle. I can handle it. Because what he was looking at was something far greater than the pain. That's how valuable you are. That's how valuable you are. That's how valuable you are. Difficult to see yourself that way? I get it. Been there, done that. But ultimately, in this life, this has got to win over your opinion. If it's religion, you already lost the game. But it's life, you got hope. Father, we thank you for your word and the truth of the word of God. And I believe that as these words have gone forth, that we've recognized the importance of today. We're seeing the importance of taking the steps that you've designed for us to walk, for us to be operating in the day in an impacting way. It matters. The Word of God says that our lives are living epistle, read amongst people. So even the world needs to see us win. The world needs to see the operation of God's word working in our lives, not some Bible scriptures, not trying to communicate or influence people of what the Bible says, but the Bible being lived in front of people. We're operating in the word of God and the word of God's working in our lives. That communicates the greatest message to this world. So Father, I pray for every person in here that they understand the power of today, the power of now. And we, 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 we just run away and abstain from religious ideology and we run to truth. We run to the word of God that's about life and life more abundantly. And we start living it. And then and only then are we going to start seeing success in relationships and marriages in our families, in our homes, in our workplaces. We're going to start seeing the ability to see greater and bigger before us, going beyond because the word of God is living in us. We hear and we see and we think differently because of your word. Father, thank you for it. Thank you for Jesus who went to the cross to die for us.
and on the third day rose again. Thank you. Because the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And that joy was me, and that joy was you. If you've never received Jesus, I would like you to enter into this eternal family. We will live with us and, 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 the, and the Father and Jesus, Holy Spirit, forever. But you got to accept Jesus. He's the only way to heaven. He's the only way to eternity. Jesus and believing in him. If you've never done that, I'll help you in communicating this. But it's, again, your belief. I believe in Jesus. But you can say this with me in here and out there, live stream. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. And I accept you, not religion. I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior and Lord. I receive you into my life right now. I want this new life. And I thank you for giving it to me right now. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. Thank you, Jesus. I now have a future and a hope in you. Knowing, looking around, if you prayed that prayer for the first, hand, first time, just raise your hand. If you prayed that prayer out there, just click that button. But just make acknowledgement that you received Jesus for the first time. And I have a packet. If you've never received Jesus in here, um, or if you've received Jesus but never got a packet, this little booklet I have, raise your hand. We'll give you one. I want you to have every opportunity for success. So we thank you for this morning coming and receiving and being so attentive. I believe your lives will never be the same again. Same as you guys all out there. Thank you guys. Love you. Have an awesome day because you're awesome. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.